Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Ed Cheney, a CBD industry expert and business executive. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, along with the beautiful and now very tan. Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you, Ed. All right. Why are you so tan, Kimberly? Well, I've been on vacation <laughs> in the wonderful land of Mexico. Very and, jealous. Uh, yes, we got lots of sun and lots of fun. And it was two weeks. Everybody be jealous. It was two weeks. That girl is really <laughs> making all of us very jealous. Well, it was just a, a, an opportunity and I took it. <laughs> and you know what? Very wise to do. Uh, we all work very hard, and I, and I watch how hard you work, so trips like that I know are very beneficial. Today's topic, save the brain. You may have heard that slogan. It's somewhat of a movement. It's a movement because of the popularity marijuana has taken with the new regulatory freedom it has and the availability and such that this this movement save the brain was directed at our youth yes which naturally would not have so much exposure to this product but not just exposure even when they did have exposure it was like 15 percent thc right now now there's reports of up to 75 percent thc now not a problem for adults but an issue for the developing adolescents. Yeah, it really is. And uh, everybody wants, you know, obviously every parent wants their child to have all the advantages um, as they grow up. So they turn into a well-developed adult. So couldn't have said that any better. And we don't want our children drinking until they're 21. Right. Um, so I, I think this conversation with your children falls right in line with alcohol use yeah. maybe even you know sex and and t all of it just falls under the same guide of be honest and open with your kids sure. give them as much education as you can get as much education as you right. can and then yeah and as parents you really don't want to take a risk and we are going to share you know, from peer-reviewed clinical studies. So we're going to do what we normally do, try to give you uh, reliable information today. But just take, talking from a parent's perspective, none of us really like taking risks with our children because we all know one thing for sure, you cannot turn the clock back. Right, once right? the damage is done, well, I mean, you can obviously do some things to help you're right, but it is still not going to be back to where it was if there was no interference with adolescent development of the brain. Right. Yeah. Right. There's, there's no. You know, you can you can put band aids on it, and, but no, I don't think there's ever turning it back afterwards. No, because like you said, we you know as parents, we probably tried a little marijuana when we were young, yeah. but it's not the same as it is now. Right. It's a completely different animal. And um, 
we first saw this on a billboard here in Arizona because yeah. once Arizona went recreational, yeah. um, this organization uh, got together and put out some advertising. I had never heard of it before. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tammy at the store said, oh, look, I saw this on a billboard and we looked into it. And I mean, it's... It's a nice, easy place to go to find information on how to talk to your children and oh, sure. and, and right. what the world, the, the weed world is now. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, now today, and we're going to try to give you a bunch of useful information as well today. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, the, uh, we're going to start with a published review and this was this review was done by the San Diego Healthcare System, as well as the University of California in San Diego. Uh, the article or reviews were we're reviewing neuroimaging, neurocognitive, and preclinical findings on the effects of cannabis on the adolescent brain. Now, as we talk through. These subjects, they're going to include areas of development like cognition and let me see others, structural neuroimaging, gray matter macrostructures, <laughs> white matter um, bundling, right? So, I mean, it goes into some intense areas of brain development as it impacted the adolescence. Yeah. I All think right. the word, the phrase I ran across a lot was brain plasticity. Okay. Yeah. It's the molding that goes on, and it it your brain is just constantly molding and to and changing in its environment as it's learning. Yeah, and and that is in that area of <laughs> functional imaging is where they captured that kind of thing. Yeah. The yes, and, and you might even be talking about kind of an overall mile high picture of this whole thing mm -hmm. that's being discussed in this review. Again, if you want the name of the review, if you ever want to look for it yourself, the effects, I'm sorry, there was no V in front of it, effects of cannabis on the adolescent brain, 2014. Okay, that's okay. good. All right. Well, Let's uh, let's jump into this because it's, it's, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've done my best of summarizing the best I could. Good. Starts out with disruption and brain development related to neurotoxic effects of regular marijuana use could significantly alter neural development trajectories by not only changing neurochemical communication and genetic expressions of neural development, but causing a toxic effect on brain tissue. Now, here's something I want to share with the first part of this, as it talked about the, the neural development trajectories. To kind of sum this up, the marijuana plant has a high level of THC. That THC is a cannabinoid that is an antagonist to CB2 receptors. 
And those receptors are responsible, and I'm sorry, they're CB1 receptors. <laughs> and those receptors are responsible for neurotransmission. Yes. Okay. So, and the plant has such an abundance of them that what you feel when you smoke a, a, a portion of marijuana, when you smoke a joint, you feel the abundance of all those cannabinoids, those THC cannabinoids, all hitting all your receptors in your brain. And they do it in a large abundance. And from that, you get a psych psychoactive effect from it. Right. All right. Now, dial it down a little bit. THC is also good for pain relief and certain anxiety things, but in high volumes, boom, psychoactive. You just want to sit on the couch and eat crackers all day. Anyway. Yes. Here's what's happening in brain development. Again, the mile high view of all this is those molecules, those THC cannabinoids are very similar to the one the brain develops. So in adolescence, while the brain is growing, it's not developing as many of its own because they're so much present. Right. All right. That's a good layman kind of perspective on marijuana use for an adolescent. It's just there's so many of these molecules in the brain that the brain is not producing an adequate number of its own and thereby maybe stalling or just having an adverse effect on its ability to develop. Okay. Right. All right. Now, but let's go now to the science because I will tell you that was my perspective and I've read it before in other places. So it is a shared one, but let's go into the, the more deeper stuff. Okay. How about cognition? So they do have some studies here that they were able to relate to us. Adult studies of marijuana use often find subtle decreases in performance, such as attention, memory, and processing speed. And I hear a lot about the processing speed. Mm -hmm. Now, of, of between you and I, can we see these in adults that we have known that have used Sure. marijuana on a very regular basis mm -hmm. yes and i have to admit i think these people i've, I've known them 10 and 15 years ago right back when it was 15 percent. yeah at 75 percent, i can only imagine what the daily users like it's i i can't imagine that decreasing right okay exactly just yeah just throwing my two cents and it's there. really it's not I want to say it's just not a quickness of of thought. It's not a quickness. Right. You, you lose that. You're you're just a tad slower. Oh my God! Then let me go forward. Oh gosh, did I do it? Yeah. I, I always do this. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> let me go forward because uh, there's an interesting outline in here just about that. Um. I'm sure I'll get to it uh, instead because there's so much in here. I know. It, they, they do say they were able to do uh, imaging of the brain. Right. Challenge with task, processing tasks. Mm -hmm. And what they found was is those who were using uh, marijuana on a regular basis required more resources. In other words, they saw more activity across multiple sections of the brain to process the same task 
as somebody who was not using. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So your observation is in line with what their studies were. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's just a, it, you just get a little slower than the average bear. <laughs> right. All right. So, and, and they can connect this, listeners, they can connect this then to, well, then there must be a connection to adolescent development then. Mm-hmm. So if this is affecting our adults, and then they start to connect all the dots, and that's usually what leads to, all right, where do we look next? Right. Anyway, so I'll keep going. So one of the colleagues also found that adolescents age 14 through 18 with histories of heavy marijuana use performed worse on preservative responding and flexible thinking compared to another control group. Also found evidence of reduced motivation among those same users. And again, ages 14 to 18. Yeah, I think that, that would be one of your first clues. Uh, I mean, and, and again, I, I understand we're talking about teenagers here. <laughs> they don't want to move anyway. They they turn into slugs <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> around 14 or 15. So you might not recognize something right away. Oh, that was super funny. <laughs> uh, only because I w- couldn't agree with you anymore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another recent work uh, looked at young adult cannabis users, now ages 20 to 24. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I should tell you that they suggest that the brain is not fully developed until the age of 24 or 25. So if you see some of these numbers, mm-hmm. you kind of get the why. All right. So looked at a young adult cannabis users ages 20 to 24 and found memory deficits. Huh. However, cessation, in other words, quitting the use of cannabis, was associated with improved performance and with abstinence over the course of eight years returned. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I think your brain can actually start rewire itself. Rewiring. Unless yeah. it was screwed up during development. Right. <laughs> okay, no, that was just that did not come out of this report. No. That came out of my head. All right. So isn't that a good sign? So if one were to stop using it, uh, then some of these functions returned and if they quit over eight years uh, seem to have completely reversed. Now we have other areas that may not be so well understood, including me, uh, but we're talking about gray matter macrostructure and white matter macrostructure. Now these two areas are extremely important in the early stages of how the brain develops. All right, gray matter macrostructure. And they do this through structural neuroimaging. This is how they're able to yeah. look at this and, and spot changes and put control groups in and so forth. Large body of literature has shown dynamic changes in gray matter structures that are, go- that are ongoing over adolescent development. Okay, so again, gray matter is a huge part and it really has a big input on the cortical thinning or the the the, and and the and i'm sorry it has a really big play on the cerebral volume that's what i want to say okay 
And what does that mean? <laughs> All right. So, so for instance, well, gosh, uh, what do I mean by that? So thinning and cerebral volume, uh -huh. probably, and, and they do talk about this a little bit, but it's likely when you're young, you need to absorb a lot of information. Right. And as that information takes hold in the brain and the brain starts to formulate what to do with these and synapse connections are made. And I can't tell you, I know all those, but I know a basic overview of it. Once that task becomes completed, you know, over your adolescent, that space is no longer needed. Right. So then it thins down to bundles and fibers of where data can just move around. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So in the beginning, the ability to establish what that structure was going to be was super critical. All right. Now, what they are suggesting is that in some studies, they have seen that that structure was affected by cannabis use. Okay, well, I mean, it would make sense because mo aren't most of your uh, CB1 receptors in the brain? Say that again? Most of your CB1 receptors are in the brain? That's yes. correct. Correct. So, that, that and the uh, reproduction area. Those are the two areas where it's heavily concentrated. Okay. And that's why they're even saying THC might have a little bit of an effect on your reproduction also. It could be, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. In a, perspective, in a perspective study looking at gray matter volume at 12 years of age prior to initiation of marijuana found that the smaller orbitofrontal cortex volume predicted initiation of cannabis use by 16 years of age, suggesting pre-existing structural abnormalities may play a role in both behavioral differences that led to cannabis use as well as continued differences in the course of development. Now, again, these are really, these are really foreign areas yeah. to discuss. I think what I want to bring to the attention of our listeners from what I got from this 33 page study is that that developmental part of both gray matter and white matter was extremely important to the development of the brain and that they have seen signs of it being affected cannabis use gotcha mostly thc because thc is the neurotransmitter yes or, or is an antagonist to neurotransmitters cb1s in the brain um let's see what else uh so the white matter microstructure had more to do not with volume but with fiber building and water diffusion so again building those methods for communication and move around as your brain develops. So that's where the micro, uh, the white matter microstructure came in. Uh, while, so another colleague suggested no evidence of pathology per se, subsequent studies have since shown changes in unanticipated directions. So I guess the takeaway from this is this area of white matter microstructure is still being looked at. So there are consequences in areas they had not anticipated and studies are still ongoing. Okay. 
All right, let's keep going. We've got, uh, we've got functional imaging. So functional imaging, they use the MRI and changes in cognitive performance after acute and longer-term cannabis use are fairly well-documented. MRI study comparing marijuana users compared to tobacco users and a control group of non-users, the authors found cannabis users performed the task less accurately and failed to deactivate the right hippocampus across conditions. Mm. So their wiring up there wasn't as accurate as the control group. Yeah. There's also also found marijuana's used users found that marijuana users to have substantially more activation than non-using peers and response to inhibitory processing task. You know, they're giving them a task to do, mm-hmm. suggesting additional neural resources required to maintain adequate executive control. So you got to use the whole brain. You got to pull from places. <laughs> Please. Pretty much, pretty much. Somebody help me out here. Right. Okay. We got blood perfusions. Adult studies typically report increase in cerebral cerebral blood flow after acute exposure and lower or stabilized cerebral blood flow after periods of abstinence in heavy users. So think about that high blood pressure in your brain. Not good. Right. Okay. Uh, how about magnetic resonance spectroscopy? Yep. Found decreases in the m- metabolic concentration and the anterior cingulate, suggesting a poor underlying neuronal neuronal health in adolescent marijuana users. Okay. Well, that was all foreign talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. So... Here's what I just want to kind of move off of this. Uh, they have lots of animal studies mm-hmm. that they also referenced in here, you know, using rats and, and very similar. Uh, but the reality is, is it's very hard to do human trials using THC because THC is still a regulated item. Right. And DEA has not fully released it. FDA has not created any kind of uh, standards or, or, or guidelines for it. So, to be able to do human trials on it is very challenging. Uh, I do expect all that's going to ha- uh, cl- get cleaned up soon and you'll have more knowledge. But it sounds to me that adolescent use, probably more profound prior uh, before the age 14, probably super important, you know, up to the age of 16. Uh, and then as you get to 25, you know, it just, you know, gets closer and closer being okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim and I are on the same page. We believe THC has uh, a lot of value. Uh, it certainly is not alcohol. So if you want to be recreational, THC uh, to us for an adult seems to be a, such a better choice. Yes. Uh, for people who are needing it for medical conditions like pain or anxiety, you know, smaller amounts of THC, super good for you. So we're on this side of the table of THC is good, but in development, in the developing brain, yeah, this is where we stand. Now, let's take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to dig into the tools that were shared with us on how you may 
address this with your child if this is an issue. And by the way, I think they're suggesting you should address this with your children. Oh, I, I again, I think it's right up there with the sex talk and the alcohol right. talk. You just have the All conversation right. and let it let let it flow. All right. Perfect. OK, so let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation on Save the Brain. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the com. That's info at the com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. Hey, welcome back, listeners. Here we are talking about Save the Brain. Taking an eye, taking a close look on the presence of THC and our developing adolescence brain. All right, now let's move into the second part of our show today, which is it's pretty, it, it's fairly obvious that THC is a lot more available. It is, hey, even by accident, you know, it can be an inedible. And that edible, edible can look like a cookie, a brownie, a, a bag of Skittles. Yeah. I was at a show at. It could be gum. It could be a drink. It is in a lot of places. It's in a lot of places, yes. And there are no real controls like alcohol. I think when a kid comes up to alcohol, well, first of all, he doesn't really like the taste of it. I don't know many kids that do. Now, this product can be masked. I mean, a brownie is still pretty tasty. Oh, sure. I mean, it's a treat. All right. So we have two real, two real discussions here or uh, what's driving this discussion is the availability of it now that's your that's the parent or the adult's role is to try to keep it out of reach of the children yes but because it is so present everywhere well it does sometimes spike the interest of a young person to try it and that's the second role of the adult yeah i mean we all know um as an adolescent, you, there's a little bit of peer pressure, yep. you know, I mean, ob- we were in quarantine for quite a while, so not, there probably hasn't been a whole lot of high school parties or all the things that we used to go to when we were younger, um, but it's there. It might be at home. 
It might, it, it could be anywhere at this point. Yeah. So, I agree. 100%. Yeah. So, and, it, and it's in lots of forms. Yes. So the adult has to be, you know, somewhat intuitive, a little intelligent thinking, but Definitely. literally has to be, he just has, the adult has to just be willing to approach this subject, huh? I think so. That's what you're going to, that's what you should talk about next. I think that's, that is a good place. And if you feel like you're like, I want to talk to my kid about this, but I don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Right. Um, again, I would go to this website. It's, it's so easy. It is a very, I don't want to say dumbed down, but it's a very easy website. There's a few videos on it. There's some, you know, ways to talk to your children. Um, but the information is all there on this website and there's sources you can go to. There's links everywhere on it. It's called save the brains at, with an S at the end dot com oh. and um it's just a good place to go you get a little bit of information they even on there show you uh some uh you know you need to know the language that the kids are talking uh you know need to know the different ways that maybe they're doing cannabis um there's they even give you some little emojis on there uh if your child is if you if you feel the need you need to go through your child's phone you can look at the emojis right, and kind of see right. what that means um they give you the slang terms for marijuana sure. i mean it's is it as thorough as it could be no but is it a great place to start so that you don't feel intimidated uh, right. about the subject when you go to talk to your child well, and, and let's, so we're both, we're both parents who have, you know, we've raised five kids. We yeah. have kind of a, maybe a perspective that some young parents don't have. And I would think some of these discussions are a bit challenging for a new parent, like the sex talk. I'm not making this up. It's, it's everybody last, you know, oh, have you talked to your sex? Oh, of course I have. But back in the back of your brain went, wow, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, so, but they're suggesting to talk to your children about marijuana use at ages five and six years old. Let me tell you that's kindergarten and first grade. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, that feels weird to me, but of course, definitely by the time they're 10 or 11, I would say they've already been exposed to they're already they're, they're suggesting that already happened. Okay. So the discussion at five or six was to set the stage for more discussions and open dialogue when ages 10 and 11 happens. Right. You want my two cents on it. I felt the same way about sex, having conversations at an early age. Usually got the deer in the headlight look, yeah. But it set the stage for the ones that happened when it was important, like ten and eleven years old. Because you are right, at ten and eleven is when the world starts to open up right. for an adolescence. Yeah. And but but if you don't get to them before that, the world is so overwhelming. It's really hard to talk to your parents about it. Well, and then you get to a place where. Um, you're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And the parent is uncomfortable. Everybody's yep, uncomfortable yep. and it's all natural. Right. We've, we've said that on this on the on the sex show. It's all natural. It's all going to happen. Let have an open conversation with your child so that you two can maybe learn together. I and so and you know what? And you're right, because I, I agree with some of these statements on this website you're suggesting 
uh, facts, use facts. Yes. Uh, you know, even kids in an early age tend to start picking up, you know, you know when you hear kids don't want to listen to their parents anymore because we tend to just throw facts at them. Yes. They call it lecturing. Yes. Anyway, um, that, there's a statement here I thought was pretty good. Cool. And it said, don't talk the whole time. Ask questions. Yeah, ask questions. Because when you ask a question, you do invite the other brain to participate in the conversation. Yeah, I like that one the best. Make it a conversation, yeah. not a lecture, not you're in trouble or not even, you know, if you don't know they're doing it, then you're not, you're just having a conversation. Yeah. Now we had to have a conversation early on when we first started um, doing CBD and, brain, and manufacturing it. Um, and the, you know, all the kids at school thought that the, the house had marijuana in it, even <laughs> right. though it was just CBD. Yeah, because we were, we were early in this game. Yeah, so we, we had- We lost an employee once because we were cooking it up in the lab and the smell of it She was, thought it was marijuana. She thought it was, it was marijuana and there was a cop car parked in the parking lot across the street. Yeah. And she literally went, I can't work here, I gotta go. I gotta go, <laughs> yeah, well, she was a little- Oh, sorry. Anyway, but, uh, if you just make it again, it's just like everything in the world. If you make it a huge deal and uncomfortable, then it's going to stay there. So, Good but point. if you start it easy and in, I'm not saying, oh yeah, kids, let's talk about marijuana. I'm just saying we need to have a conversation because this is a real thing happening in the world and let's just talk about it. Right. And that leads to another, I think, very critical time. What happens if they, are using what happens when you find it I think most parents that have already raised their children and they have left the house mm -hmm. would all agree with this do not get scared no no stand back and go from a from a from a caring place right right I dress it from that position not oh my god you are now you know, locked in your room for the rest right. of your life. Grounded and, for life. Right. Give me your phone. Give, Give me, me everything. everything. Can't talk to any of your friends. Because then that's just... Which is a reaction of scare. Right. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm we all know children will rebel against right. that. Um, and keep talking. Share new research. Um, you know, just don't, don't make it an everyday thing, but just a normal conversation yeah. on this website. Also save the brains.com. There is places there there's links for, if you feel like there's a real issue and there's right. something going on and it wasn't just a one time at a party thing or whatever it was, um, there's resources there for you to be able to maybe find out um how to go about anything yeah. and i did not see anything in any of the literature that i went through that suggested i'm sorry that suggested a single use was part of their program right everything everything that i read was in some form of regular use i'd like to be able to tell you what that is but i don't even think they want to define what regular use is Right. Because it could be different. Yeah. Uh, between different adolescent brains. That's such a, uh, a new area of understanding. Uh, but I'm pretty comfortable that an accidental use, like the eating of a brownie because it was left out, or sitting in a room where somebody else is 
vaping marijuana and you think you're going to get contact high mm -hmm. or you did get contact high, I don't think either of those situations are considered in these studies, in right. these reviews. Just want to throw my two cents worth because I've read so many of these that I'm starting to kind of get where they kind of draw lines and that one feels like a pretty solid line. Yeah, panicking is never is oh, never yeah, a good right. idea. Um, but again, if you see some serious signs popping up, then addressing and 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 discussing is always a great idea right. as a parent. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> what what are some so and Kim help with this? So, what are either signs to look for or types of TAC products that you might find or or evidence? Just is there any evidence that you know, that you could share with the listeners that you've seen in your children or you've seen in and in, in being a parent. Yeah. Other, well, other and again, like I said earlier, it's very hard with a teenager because they do all the, the symptoms. They do all the things naturally without oh, the right, use of marijuana, right? right? So being they under withdraw. the influence <laughs> yeah. is not necessarily the key. Right. I mean, they withdraw. <laughs> they they want to live in their bedroom. They don't want to do anything. They don't want, you know, they, uh, they eat poorly. They do all the things that yeah. are, might be the signs. All right. Very but, good. Just be aware, I guess, is what I want to say, is just be aware of your behavior, your child's behavior. If you have a conversation with them and they seem to be, I don't want to say out of it, but slightly altered. Okay. I mean, we can kind of tell, we all can tell when they're drunk. You can see that your child is probably intoxicated, either yeah. from their breath or from the, the way they're acting. Uh, marijuana well, can, slurred speech is one of them yeah. for marijuana, right? Not not slurred. I'm sorry. One that is not sentence structures that are not put together correctly. Right, right. Thoughts uh, that are seem to be a little random. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are signs of those are signs. And THC. I mean, if it's you know, if it's going to be if you're really high, then you're gonna you're gonna have cotton mouth. You're gonna have you're just not gonna want to have any eye contact. You're okay. going to just want to be very evasive. Oh, that's right. An evasive behavior. That's yeah. right. What is right. that called? The... Oh, I don't know. Evasive behavior. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. Well, uh, they're concerned as well. Right. Okay. So, so they're paranoid. Paranoid. That's go. where I was coming Paranoid. After. And they're just not, you know, they come home from a party or, or they come home from school or they're wherever, because it, again, it's not smoking anymore. Yep. You're not going to smell marijuana anymore they're going to be vaping it they're going to be eating it they're going to be doing other things where right. you're not going to have those signs that you would right. have had 15 years ago and let me tell you how hard this is going to be if you're looking for evidence of thc in your home uh a gummy is common sure but it looks exactly like the gummy vitamins you buy at the store yeah it it, it has no difference in smell i mean it, it's very difficult to uncover let me tell you why there's no smell there is a molecule in there called a terpene that is in that was designed to deliver that smell well they can take marijuana and screen that out mm -hmm. and so you no longer will have that smell and right. so don't rely on that because that's not there yeah um i hate to say this but you know test it you know, which is, I don't know, $72 at your local lab. Right. Or at least that's what costs us. To, that's what we pay to get a potency test done on an item like a gummy or a brownie. 
Uh, it might even be more. Um, <laughs> eat it. <laughs> See how you feel in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't. That would probably be the best way to try and not don't eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Please don't eat the whole thing if you're not a, a, an avid user. Um, it, I, you just got to know your kid. You, you just got to know. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, I've never been a parent that went through my child's phone, but if you're feeling uncomfortable, maybe that's a place to start. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I always have been the parent that wants to get it in front of a conversation, not um, I don't want to say there's parents out there that stick their head in the sand, but, you know, like, oh, my kid would never is just don't ever be that parent, be the one that goes, you know what? Maybe there's experimenting going on and I need to find out what's going on. Yeah. That's it. Uh, if you want uh, tips for having that conversation with them, good points for parents to share, especially, you know, you know, you know thinkers, people that use, you know, information to help the child arrive at a better choice. Uh, let them know things like this. You know, marijuana has been shown to affect the developing brain. Mm-hmm. This could hinder learning and memory now younger younger children may not care much about learning some do and some don't memory seems like that would want to affect everybody but then you can also go poorer school you know your academics could suffer okay so that gets some of them how about athletic performance yeah that might get the rest of them right right and then you could talk about chances of depression and other mental health problems later on in life and there you go so there are the, the group of points that you could direct at your child, depending on where you think, which one of those might hit them the most. Right. I'm just being tactical for you. <laughs> Strategic. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, you, you, you have to, you have to find out what's most important to them and try and go there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you, uh, you'll always be able to have this episode as a tool either for yourself or have them listen to the first half. Yeah. And maybe they might resonate with the conversation we were having about what the study revealed. Right. Right. And, and again, everyone, we're not talking about the adult brain. We are talking about your adolescents that are now probably, um, finding the finding THC in many different forms, much easier than they were before. Yep. Well, we enjoyed really sharing this subject with you today. Uh, again, I really want to thank Kim for bringing this subject to us because, you know, she's very nurturing and, you know, you know, mothers are, you know, mothers really care about the development of the child. So uh, I think that was very insightful for you to suggest that this show up in one of our shows. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there that also are grateful that this topic surfaced yeah i think the number one takeaway is just don't be uncomfortable about the conversation just bring it out yep yeah Yeah. there's nothing wrong with anybody no no it's just this is such a new product it's it's a new problem it really is not anything to turn away or yeah all right all right well listen i want to thank everyone for listening to us Again, we love serving you in this capacity, bringing you information that can help you make choices and decisions as it come as it relates to cannabis. Yes. 
it's it's still really a crazy crazy uh, area so this is going to be a wrap for today's episode of the cbds show and this is ed and this is kim and we love sharing what's possible with natural pharmacology bye now bye everybody Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Ed Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be back with you soon.